You're listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane at 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Today, our special guest is Django, but I will talk about how I got a hold of Django here shortly. And Eric, where are we at? We are at Bottle Bay Brewing, right next to Gordy's, up here on the South Hill on 30th and Grand. Uh, Marcus was so gracious as to let us sit out here. We are on a patio. We are sheltered. We've got some heaters. We've got some uh, some good beverages in front of us. So uh, if you want a place to hang out while it's getting kind of kind of chilly out, this is a good spot for you. Great. Hey, well, Django, uh, again, I appreciate you coming here. But I have to Absolutely. have to say, um, so when I was thinking, you know, who should we get for a guest? And Eric says, hey, how about how about Django? And I says, oh, that'd be great. So I go, Django, but then I thought, well, what should I go by on his Facebook? His real name is Elijah. Right, right. And so I, I, I messaged you on my wife's Facebook and then, just asked you that. You said you haven't said your name for like three years. Is there a story behind that? Yeah, it, it's <laughs> wild. Um, I have this philosophy of like just with everything that I do, I'm all in. So when I created the persona, Django, and I decided I was going to fully commit to this, I um, as far as lifestyle changes, I, I, I quit the job that I was working on. And I committed 100% to being an artist and to live that lifestyle. So with that mentality comes this mentality that I am Django 100% of the time. Like this isn't just a character. This is my lifestyle. This is my being. This is who I am. This is the road that I chose, or sorry, the path that I chose to walk. So um, when I reflect on the name of Elijah, I reflect on my past, I reflect on Everything that I did as an adolescent, uh, as a kid, um, the schooling, the learning, and all the lessons that I've learned up until that moment, I decided to become Django and, and take that path there because those experiences are completely two different things. What now? Okay, so when you came to that fork in the road to move from Elijah to Django, right. what was was that a something just click and you just decided to do that? Was it gradual or was there an event? Or anything that decided, you know, this is this is where I'm going, and I just made up my mind. Um, prior to fully committing, um, there was a time to where I was just creating music more of on a on a fun side. I was just freestyling with my friends, and I'd already been identified around as far as like with my peers by the name Django. So I was at a point, um, still deciding or. or making decisions if this was like what I truly wanted to do. Because before me, as far as like in the music industry, no one else in my family um, from generation to generation had ever entered like the entertainment industry at all. So this was still, even though like I felt like it was a familiar thing, it was still new. And so there was some, there was a time far back in the past where I did go by both. Hmm. Yeah. So how did you decide how did you decide on this persona? I mean, was it something that would kind of grow organically and you said that's who I am or did you kind of create an alter ego that was that allowed you to do something different that you couldn't do as your previous self? Um I wouldn't say that. Uh, but what I would say is Django to me when I when I was really trying to decide on like what correlated with the lyrics and you know, like like what my message was Django really comfortably, like perfectly fit with what I was trying to like prevail out like with my lyrics. And so with my lyrics, um, 
when I first started out, I, I had this more role of being an honest, more down to the point person with, with everything that I was speaking on. And another thing that I tried to touch on was more of this leadership role. I wanted to be able to lead my listeners and, and everybody that was consuming my music um, to a perception that like the black artist doesn't just talk about pouty things. And when I say pouty things like the, oh, I have a nice watch or I live in a nice place. Like I didn't want to talk about materialistic things. I wanted everything that I spoke on in my lyrics to be about where my mindset is. How do you build? How do you grow? How do you, um, what I seen in the city? I want to talk about real tangible things. And so the name Django really stuck with me as something that could be or as someone that could be a leader someone who could talk about the real and not be so ignorant about it Django for me felt like a prominent leader name now when you say that are you thinking back to the Quentin Tarantino movie or the original Django or like Django Reinhardt or was there something along the line I know it's spelled differently but was that part of it so it definitely started First, with the original Django, because from my understanding, um, that that person, that that character that was portrayed, he was even though he was rebellious, and that's how I see myself as well. I'm going against the grain, not taking the stereotypical lane of just talking about ignorant things. And so, with that, like I'm I'm more of a rebel. I'm rebellious, like I said, and I'm a leader. So that original Django, he spoke that to me. He was someone who went against the grain to save his people and to make a lane for him. And the movie as well, the most recent one, um, with Jamie Foxx. I love the man. He's mm-hmm. such an amazing actor. He definitely is like an inspiring person like in the uh, entertainment industry. He sings. He acts. He dances. Like He's definitely like everything that I think a person of color should, should look to be as far as like just being organized and straight to the point you know what i mean so there was definitely i drew some inspiration for those from these people as far as like knowing for sure that my decision was validated but um other than doing the research i definitely like i chose the name based off of what i felt the name meant to me you know what i'm saying i just utilized the um, those references as validation for like what this name truly means you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say now i read somewhere i mean you're a um, spokane graduate central valley high school absolutely um that you were interested in poetry maybe prior maybe that's what kind of led into the natural transition into hip-hop but um were, were you always interested in in that kind of a way to communicate through elegant language poetry that type of a thing uh before you transitioned into hip-hop um before poetry what actually got me into poetry was my roots with um r&b and neo soul so the way that language is is spoken it's very delicate it's very intricate and at some points which is the beauty of language is very simple but they're able to utilize simple words to create such interesting and like thought-provoking messages and that was something i loved about r&b and neo soul it always made me feel a way I love music that makes me feel a certain way. I think those are the best songs to me personally. Um, and so with that, just researching it and like wanting more of that, because you only get so much of that, especially for the 
in my opinion, some of the best like R&B and neo soul like happened in like the 80s, 90s and, and late 70s, right? And so that's like time capsule to that time. Like sure we've like we've hmm what's the word I want to use? We found ways to kind of for lack of a better word like copy that in today's now, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had to poetry allowed me to kind of get that same feeling, those same thought provoking feelings that I was getting from R&B um, without having to compromise with like the new sound that I'm getting now with, with the music and the differences that, that I find in the new uh, modern R&B. So. Any uh, particular soul artist that really got you, that gave you that kind of feeling that made you think, man, oh, this is absolutely. where I'm going. Um, <laughs> you few- should see his face. This is radio, but the <laughs> smile on his face <laughs> no. when you ask that question. This is like, this is like, as me as a child, like my mother used to sing Neil Soul and R&B when I was like, I could, as far as I remember, like three or four, like and my father would sing it and they would, they would, those are like my earliest memories of like my mother and father in like a loving environment was like them singing to me. You know what I'm saying? So when we're talking Neil Soul, like I think about the music soul child. I think about the Fugees. The Fugees was like forever from you. Um, even like Alicia Keys, she had her moments where she was doing some R&B and that stuff like really touched my heart and it really allowed me to, to grow. Like those, some of my earliest growth moments was from the music that these, these artists put out. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're inspired by soul. And then I read that you and your brother, your younger brother, kind of started um, just freestyling and doing it in your yes. bedroom, right? Yes. So I'm just curious. I bet there are a lot of people who do that. A lot of kids who, with their friends, with their brother, they're, they're doing stuff, writing songs and everything else. I'm interested in how it went from saying, this is something that I'm goofing around with and having fun with, to adopting the name, deciding that you're going to record that stuff. How did you go from, and, and when, kind of what age were you, when you decided this is something that I'm just going to commit to much more so than at first? Very interesting. Cause, so like I said before, um, before me and my brother, um, as far as in the entertainment industry, no one in my family had stepped in that route. Like we were all athletes and then from there we ended up finding our professions through college and, and educating ourselves, to, you know what I'm saying, to, to find our nine to five. So, um, like you're saying, my brother was actually the first one who dived into the hip hop realm. We would go to parties and stuff. And I was, um, 19 at the time. He's 17. Uh, we would go to parties and he would rap battle other kids and, he would always just dominate. He, you know what I'm saying? I, I think we have, we have a flow about us. We have an aura about us. We have a way of speaking words that just really connected with our peers at the time. So he, he was able to really just like be known around the city for, for the rap battles and what he was doing there. And so I like noticed this and I was like very proud of my brother. So I actually bought or helped support him by some of his first pieces of equipment. And so. Under that umbrella, I was writing songs and just kind of doing little things. And I was, I was writing in under the topics that he wanted to write on, which I loved, but we had two different mindsets. Some of the things that he was interested in, I wasn't interested in. I have a more roots R&B background. He was really heavy into some of the, some of the more typical hip hop that you would experience. If you were just to turn on your radio, listen to, the the top what what's going on. it's more the pouty stuff he was more talking about flexing stuff like that and so 
what actually provoked me to like take this more seriously is like, okay, well, I want to do something different than what you're doing. So maybe I should get my own equipment. <laughs> and so I started to get my own equipment. I started to look in the realm of self-producing and creating beats that like really fit my voice and my tone. And I took so many hours of experimentation to where it got to a point where it's like, this was like my bread and butter. This was like my morning breakfast milk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wanted to every day chase, create new sounds, create new music and um, continually um, growing my cadences and my sound. Like the way I started to look at music, I started to look at music in the same way that I looked at every sport that I had been a part of. I'm, I'm extremely competitive. You know what I mean? I'm extremely competitive. And so that competitive nature started to, to blossom and grow in, in, in the realm of hip hop. And as I started to be more confident in my sound, as I started to be more confident in my cadences, in the topics that I was talking about, in the songs that I was creating, I started to look around. You know what I mean? I started like, okay, so who else does this that's not just right here in my family? It's just not right here in this house. Like, who else is doing it? And, like, how do they do it? And what are some ways that, like, really separate them from, like, a hobbyist? Because um, I was getting to the point where I didn't want to be a hobbyist. I didn't want to... When I talked to someone about my music, I didn't want to be like, hey, yeah, I do a couple songs here and there. Like, because everything <laughs> that I do, again, I'm looking at my music as a sport. I'm competitive. So at this point, I'm like, yo, I'm that guy. Like, I am the dude in Spokane. How do I become better? How do I compete with the other guys who think that the guys? Like, this is like, I'm thinking of myself as like JV at the moment. I'm junior varsity, but I want to be the best JV player because I want to be varsity. You know what I'm saying? So it was through some of that mentality of like being competitive wanting to grow, wanting um, experimentation and hearing how I sounded versus how I want to sound. Like, that's the same thing in sports. It's like, okay, I know I want to be a wide receiver and I know sometimes I drop that, like, pass off the hook, but I want to hit that every time because I want to be the dude who gets the touchdown. Like, you know where you want to be. That's how I was in music. It's like, I was three years away from the sound that I wanted to be at 19, but I knew how I wanted to sound. I knew how I wanted to come off listen to everybody else i knew like a lot of people didn't approach hip-hop in a competitive nature and i'm not sure if that was just because of like the region they're from but me being from the east coast that's all we do we look around and we're like oh you're doing it let me rap battle you oh you're doing it let me let me keep competing and and, and improving my skills so it was through like i said experimentation wanting to improve and just knowing what i could be that allowed me to really want to blossom and and put my foot down and say this is what i want to do i want to be a hip-hop artist and i'm going to do everything in my power to become the man i envision now you mentioned you're from the east coast but you graduated from central valley correct uh, what was the path bringing you here interesting enough i am a military brat and so when i say that i um my father was in the army my grandfather was in the navy um my father and mother Bless their both hearts. They, uh, they, they did the best they could as far as taking the time to really nurture me and grow me uh, uh, and help me grow up during my, sorry, excuse me, <clears throat> during my adolescent years. Um, but there did come a time where they had their differences and they split. And so um, when they split, we were living, still living in Connecticut at the time. And my grandparents, thank goodness, were living in the same, were living in Connecticut as well. Uh, me and my mother and my brother were living in New Haven. Sorry, excuse me. New Haven. 
my grandparents in Groton. And so with everything that was going on, my mother didn't want to, we spent maybe two or three years after my parents split of uh, just living with my mother. And she got to a point where she didn't, the life that we were living, she wanted, she wanted so much better for us. You know what I mean? She looked every day, she would work her ass off to try to make sure we provided and we didn't, we didn't have to ask for anything. And she did that without complaining, without ever shedding a tear in front of us, without ever showing a, a moment of weakness. And that was like heavily inspirational. But my point is, um, with the decision she was making, she decided to allow us to live with our grandparents so we could get that father figure in our life. Uh, my grandfather being in the Navy gave me a lot of like discipline <laughs> and really set me on the right path to just be someone who could really stand out and, and be a part of any community. But, um, so yeah, being a military brat every other year, I want to say, um, after my parents splitting, we moved and I think I was 10 at the time. So four years after my parents splitting 10 at the time, we moved from Connecticut all the way out to, uh, first it was Silverdale, Silver, Silverdale, Washington. Sorry, I started. Wow. Silverdale, Washington. And, um, my grandfather ended up finding, uh, a place of employment. Well, they stationed him over there at the Bangor base. So from Silverdale, we spent maybe half a year and then we moved over to Bremerton. Um, I think I spent most of my elementary days there. And then when my grandfather retired, he retired over to Spokane. And so from, I want to say all of middle school and all through high school, save like a year or two that I ended up visiting my father when he was out there in Texas to like really get more of my history where I'm from and like really get an understanding like who my dad is. Um, I spent a lot of time my middle school, high school days uh, here. Thanks. 
sense in my nature Took a look around but I waver Knowing I need you my savior You're listening to KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza, featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza, beer, and wine at 1011 South Perry Street and online at southperrypizzaspokane.com. You're invited to cruise Americana Avenue with me, Jim Tate, in your car or at the office, each Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. You'll hear the best in progressive American roots music in a multitude of styles. It's Americana Avenue on your radio station, KYRS. Art Hour relies on support from listeners like you. Just $3 a month helps keep KYRS going strong, and you can help by texting GIVEKYRS to 44321. That's all one word, GIVEKYRS to 44321. Art Hour receives support from Saga, the Spokane Arts Grant Award. Information online at spokanearts.org. Well, and that leads me to the next question, because since your roots aren't here, and you were talking earlier about, you said, you know, you started doing the work, you look around Spokane, and you're competitive. I would imagine that you probably, it crossed your mind that it might be more competitive in a bigger spot. Other than Spokane? Yeah. So, let me let me address this first. In my own opinion, I believe my roots are here because this is actually one of my first homes. This is the first time I actually got to settle. And I did a lot of my growing from from a young adult to an adult here. So, like, a lot of my most vivid and strongest memories and, like, who I am now is because of Spokane. So, when I when I really come down to it and we're speaking on Django, 
My roots are here. <laughs> right, if we were talking about Connecticut, Django wasn't born there. Django right. was born right here in Spokane. Yeah, right. My inspiration, my I'm gonna make that step came because of like my environment, who was around me at the time, and, and the choices that I made being here in Spokane. So you're in here for the long haul. Oh, absolutely. This is my home. This is my base. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and then since you're talking about competition, what what is the hip hop scene in Spokane? Are you what what is the growth that you've seen? What does it look like now? Yeah, so, ooh, this is an interesting question because we're still in, like, a moment of growth. We're still um, getting the, the pillars for our infrastructure here. But when I first entered in, it was very, there were small cliques, but it was very isolated. And it wasn't, like, overly heavily supported because as, aside from a couple examples, we have our dead poet, we have our wild card. And we have some um, other notable hip-hop artists, um, the Mo Davises, who had did it before me. These are the people that I was looking at who had did it before me as I was as I was coming up here in Spokane. So, like, we had very, we had a couple, we had few examples, but we didn't have someone who was in the city currently going that we could be like, oh, I need to make sure I hit every time he performs, I need to be there because I'm going to learn something. That was very tough. So... At the time when I was entering this scene, it was a lot of looking around at like peers. It was a lot of like people who were my age who were interested in creating songs. And a lot of them had the idea, and I won't lie, um, including me, I had this idea that I would create a song that I, if I could just create that one song that the world could hear, or I could just drop on a SoundCloud and it's pitched right, like people are going to hear it and going to help blow it up. And then what, what helps create that mindset and what actually like really stuck us into this mindset, one, again, is not having someone who could, who we could like base, um, the standard on. There wasn't a definitive standard. Like there was no one setting it like, yo, no, this is the quality you need to be at. As a hip hop artist, I could go to the pen, not know my lines and do a full 30 minute performance and make money. And be happy with that. You know what I'm saying? And no one would correct me. No one would correct me. No one would be like, yo, that was nice, but that wasn't it. And so, uh, me coming in, there was no standard. And as I started to want more for myself, I started to surround myself with people who had that same mentality as me. And started to seek people who had that mentality and started to like go to their shows. Oh, you have a standard? I'm going to go to your show and I'm going to support that. You have a standard? I'm going to go to that show and I'm going to support that. And, and, as I started to get more notoriety, like when I made the decision to, to work with my manager and like go all in a hundred percent, there there is no separating myself from this. Um, one, I started to see my peers take that next step, like for whatever that may have looked to them as far as like raising the standard. Because at some point for my peers, I became that standard. You know what I'm saying? And then I started to see other people come into the city. Um, TS the solution. I know he wasn't originally. He might have actually been originally from Spokane, but at the time when I was originally coming up, he came from Seattle to Spokane, and then he dropped the project. I believe it was Purple in Spokane, and it had this crazy headline. It was like, am I the best rapper in Spokane? And like, that shit hit me. I was like, oh my God, you think you're better than me? You know what I'm saying? But it was like the first time I was seeing people who were like on that competitive angle, and I loved that. I, I was seeing that, so I was like, oh, I'm going to support you regardless. You know what I mean? So it was like... This was like two two years ago. I was starting to see a little bit more of an infrastructure. I started to see more people with a standard. The Lou era. Like he was someone with a wild like performance standard that I could base. And a lot of artists would come and base their stuff off. Like 
Three years ago, if you asked artists, are you rapping on a backtrack or are you rapping with the song? They wouldn't know what you're talking about. It was like acapella night. You know, it was like karaoke <laughs> three years ago. Nowadays, we're starting to have more of a standard. You're starting to see artists uphold themselves more. You're starting to see artists really take their careers and their brands so much more seriously. When they step out the house, like they are that person every day. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to see a lot more of that, which like gives me hope that we can have more pillars that will build that infrastructure. I'm starting to see more tastemakers. I'm starting to see more venue owners taking time to actually support the community. Like that was three years ago. That was not happening because of lack of standard of quality for hip hop. But now that we have a standard, now that we have pillars, we have artists like the TSs. Like me, like um, the Kung Fu Vinyls. That's some like old school vintage hip hop that anyone can base like, oh, if you want to know how to rap rap, if you want to know what it takes to be a lyrical genius, you look at them. If you want to know what it looks like to be a, a great, like introspective, like personal performer, you look at TS. If you want wild high energy, more on the new wave tip. You will look at me and, and a couple more examples, you know what I'm saying? But we have these examples. We have your go-tos that you can look at for ways to grow. So now, I'm like, I'm, like I said, I'm a lot more confident in where our hip-hop scene is, but I'm definitely, I realize that we still have a long way to grow because I, I travel out to Seattle. I see where they're at. I see the small events that they're able to do on a, on a community-based level. I think that's, in some ways where we're still lacking. We're still we still need more support from the community. We still need more support from more of the venue owners, more of the tastemakers, more more interviews, like more people who are interested in the hip hop artist's story and not just the music or when they blow up or this moment. Like who is that person? You know what I mean? Anyways, 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 getting paid. I'll put back around when the money ain't. I don't look around when the money ain't. Used to be in love with the main thing. Do I feel my first love for a profit? Now I see the world in the options. See you back around, you obnoxious. But anyways, really only see from a distance. I might go close, but we distant. Used to be in love, now you miss it. Uh, anyways, listen, you should sell a path for a living. I'm not a role model, I'm a realist I could never tell a lie, my lyrics, huh Anyways, y'all talking about faith again Y'all talking like you know the man I could never take a part in this So searching like an alchemist So searching through my drop is fixed What a game, I'm a life, call it confidence I look around the world, think you world again You came to me, but hands open up, I give I give you dick, but don't relate, but don't Anyways, 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 getting paid Always back around when the money ain't I'm noxious like a cabin actress, obnoxious, avoiding making in traffic, obnoxious, sort like DJ Gallup. Northwest, but I knew like traffic, God's favorite, I'm above average. Many tried, but they had no talents. I see really tried, yeah, the whole seat's crowded. Anyways, still getting by, I'm gonna run my own truck in the penalty. I'm not here to flex like the minor leagues. Saving for the jets in the father days. Ain't no drooling on my neck like I'm Jay Z. I said that I'm next, I said I'm crazy. Haters give advice, trying to change me. I'm slight like a fox, call me Jamie.
anyways, anyways, getting paid. Always back around when the money ain't. I don't look around when the money ain't. Used to be in love with the main thing. Do I give my first love for a profit? Now I see the world in the options. See you back around, you obnoxious. So, uh, Jenga, you talk about standards and, you know, being competitive. And, and to me, there's a direct analogy with becoming a great athlete, the training that goes into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's the same thing. So just, just um, kind of run through. I mean, what – because I, I – when I – both of us are in education, and I just retired, but I always run into Bless. kids that, yeah, I want to be a, a rap artist or a hip-hop artist. And they – it sounds glamorous. Just like a lot of other entertainment, <laughs> but it what they don't what they, what they don't really see is that for any artist or anybody that achieves anything at a high level, high standard, requires a certain amount of discipline, Absolutely. work, and training. So, what does your discipline routine look like to elevate your game? I mean, what do you do? Uh, you, I mean, I'm sure you go in and you're playing with mixes and beats all the time, and you know, like artists do, like a Absolutely. would do. But the kind of dedication, uh, like what would be a normal week? Just like right now with COVID, here we are. Right. Up. And there's so many different lanes. And so I'll try to separate it into like, we'll say three or four like main topics. And that would be like, how do I prep for um, studio, like creating music? How do I prep for performances? Like what do my rehearsals look like? And how do I prep for like even like conversating in media? You know what I mean? So... Um, as far as like, how do I prep for like studio, um, being that it is a creative space, I have, I try to be as open as possible when I'm in the room to like, just cause like what you don't want to do is box yourself into such like tight topics that you can't explore different realms that will, that won't allow you to like really bring the best out of your artistry as possible. So I've been blessed to be surrounded by a producer who actually cares about my artistry, who actually cares about my sound for like, so I would, I would definitely appreciate anybody who would want to like get into hip hop, find your producer, find your guy who's going to be like, yo, I get what you're trying to do here. Let me make beats that complement your sound. Let me make beats that complement the themes, the ideas and the situations that you care about. Like that has allowed me to progress farther than anything. Like the conversations that we have, and then the follow-up, um, so we'll start with conversations, which follow up into creation. It's like when you have people who are creating alongside you, who completely understand like what you're about and what you're doing, you can create art that's so unique, but familiar to the consumer that is just crazy. So for me, one, like prepping into a, into a studio space, 
know who you're working with like make sure that producer compliments your style know your style and the only way you can know your style is by spending hours on hours on hours in the studio practicing and i'm not talking about with that producer i'm talking about i, I made sure to get my own studio not to release music but to create my rough draft just like you would do in a language arts craft you create your rough drafts create so many drafts that that you get sick of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, create so many. Like, I have thousands of songs. I only have 12, 13 songs released. You see what I'm saying? Like, you got to continually explore, experiment, and find, like, what sounds, what cadences, what styles work best for your style. And you, like, most of that work has to be done on your own time. Because if you're doing it in a time where you're spending money or you're spending other people's time, that'll affect your outcome that'll affect the decisions you make because you're on a clock when you when you have the free time to to explore and experiment everything becomes pure blissful it's like it's like a water hose unkinked the water is free flowing and you, you can think without interruptions and so i i, I definitely would like anybody who wants to be a hip-hop artist I, I would definitely like encourage them to get your own equipment it doesn't have to be the most exper- uh expensive stuff it just needs to be good enough so you can properly hear your sound, understand the language, and you can progress. The best artists are the ones who can communicate with their producer. You understand what they're doing to your voice. Because when you can't explain it, you've now lost control of your composition. And now you've lost control of your sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and you've used the word progress two right. or three or maybe four times in the last couple of minutes. And what does the progression look like for you? How do you see, how have you progressed in the work that you've done? Are you talking about lyrically or talking about musically? What does the progression look like for you? That's all encompassing, like for what I look for. Um, like I was saying before, I know exactly, I had an idea of what I wanted to sound like as a hip hop artist when I was like 19. <laughs> and I'm still continually getting to that point. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm still like, inching my way closer and closer to that point so when it comes to cases like progressing there when it comes to lyrical ability um i'm always finding ways to challenge myself to to improve my writing ability and that comes from being in different writing sessions you got you got to challenge yourself to be with people who you think might be like even a better writer than you and and realize that that might not mean surround yourself with rappers like i surround myself with with pop artists my producer ben sway is a is a producer who has a background in metal. Now, typically, a hip hop artist would go, "Oh, let me dive in with a hip hop artist or a hip hop producer." But to me, that was so typical. That was so familiar. Um, with everything I'm trying to do, I'm trying to explore different realms and give people something that's different. So, I, I surrounded myself, or I put myself in a position to be uh, working with a producer who's not just. 100% familiar with my lane. So then we were able to come together and it's like, oh, I know this, you know this, let's put it together and make something new but familiar. I was uh, w- listening to an interview with a guy named James Altucher and he said, he calls that idea sex, where you take two idea ideas sex. and you make them have sex with each other. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Especially when it comes to music. Like music is such an like, orgasmic experience. Like the frequencies make you feel away. So. Idea sex. That's interesting. So it sounds like you had you have a vision for what you wanted to sound like. Absolutely. And then you're you're approaching it. Absolutely. Do you have a vision of let's say what you would want your career to look like? So once you would get to the point, you would say, "This is where I would want to be. This is what I'm shooting for." What would that look like? 
I would say I have a very like a if in a perfect world like how things could look like and like a very general idea because I I've just in my career I've realized that things don't always go as planned and sometimes in certain situations it's best to like allow certain waves to just take you where that's going but as far as for me like what um just terms of like where I'd want my career to go um I see myself being a hip-hop artist uh, for the rest of my life. I also see myself extending into other things like film. I want to be able to help direct, produce, and act in the film. I, I really feel like um, if anybody's like taking the time to watch any of my music videos, I take so much pride in like writing those treatments out. I take so much pride in like really trying to develop this character for myself because I know in the long run I want to act. So I've been developing this character of Django for these years, not just for the intention of people identifying me as a hip-hop artist, but as an actor, as someone who produces films and, and visuals. I, I really want to be in that lane. As far as exploring to other things like cartoons and TVs, I think there's not enough um, anime-styled cartoons that, that star black characters. I think there's not enough that utilize people of colors in music, especially in like indie films and things like that. Like they typically utilize hip hop people's music in just stereotypical ways. It's more like urban urban placements. And so I, I, I'm really interested in with my career, I'm really interested in breaking those boundaries. Like part of like the reason I chose that name Jingles like I wanna be a leader for my community. And what that looks like is taking my community and taking those stereotypical ideas and just stomping on that and breaking through the mold and doing things that have never been seen before. So as you were talking, I was just thinking, you at the beginning of the conversation, you talked about being a leader. Am I wrong in, in saying that you have definitely have goals as an artist? Absolutely. And you have, uh, I mean, you're very... Um, you have a lot of clarity of where you want to go. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people don't. They kind of, it just kind of comes and goes. But at the same time, I'm wondering at, that, that that's only an end point and that something beyond that, that you might have a higher calling. Because you talk about being a leader, community, um, breaking down stereotypes for people of color. Um through your music, do you see a higher calling as for you as a person, as a leader? That's a very great question. Um, I think as people listen to my music, I think the biggest thing for like the world is to give them an opportunity to to ask the harder questions or like to to give them reasons to have like thought thought pro sorry thought provoking conversations. So I, I, I believe what my music will allow is like for us to have these conversations as far as like what can we do better to help improve the the our community as far as like the people of colors here even in smaller towns where you, you don't think it's like an issue. But like you know what I'm saying, like people don't because of us being a minority, like people on on a general scale here in Spokane won't realize like, oh, that culture is being totally ignored. That culture is not even being recognized. Like, the people who are in power who could help bring them up aren't even doing their part. I want to be able, with, with with the music that I put out, with the messages that I'm trying to, like, talk on, I want to 
at least start the conversation. I think it starts there. I want to be like one of the people because I know there's a lot of people who, who like the people who work at the Black Lens. Um, we got the Call Maxi Center. There's a lot of people who are taking the time to create uh, an environment where we can have these conversations. I want to be a part of that pillar. I want to be like one of the dudes who is helping create more conversations for the for the people of color in, in our region, not just our city, but our region, and how we can progress as a community as a whole. kids at school um, around that same message but also but using music as the connection point like I said before there are lots of kids um, that typically don't even have access to like the basic equipment you know how to record a beat and all Absolutely. those things to to use music as a way to connect but also to connect with a higher message about 
you know, discipline, self-discipline, you know, perseverance, work through art to become a higher level of yourself, of where you think you are now, just as a person. Um, absolutely. I've had different conversations, especially with my, with the run of my earlier project, uh, Alone by Choice. That one really touched on some hot button topics that I thought were important at the time, um, which were depression and suicide. I've done more speaking on the mental health aspect than I've done talking on the conversation, like how we can progress our communities and people of color. So I have utilized my music as a way to like communicate with them like, yo, depression, these things are like regular things. And here's an artist, here is me exposing myself and giving you that insight of like how I'm dealing with it and how I'm utilizing music as like a way of like, in a way like a therapy session. You know what I mean? I, I've given that perspective to a lot of um, the younger youth and, and, and allow that to be a precursor to like, it, it doesn't ha- just have to be music. Like finding hobbies and finding things that you're passionate about will allow you to focus on these things and ex- excel in these things and, and it'll allow you to spend more time progressing and having more healthier thoughts than you would do spending time having um, negative thoughts. So you mentioned a previous project, Alone by Choice. What, what are you working on now? So crazy. Yeah, I dropped the Espresso and Shine project. And I'm actually, I'm already two projects ahead. So I'm actually finishing up, wrapping up these other two projects. Um, they're longer length projects, full uh, projects. Um, I'm probably about 70% done with the the one that will be coming soon. Um, early we'll say late spring, early summer. And then the one following up with that, um, probably even as late as 2022, um, probably about 50% done with that. But yeah, I've just been taking, I've just realized like where the industry is and how it is after spending so much time dropping the first project. And so I wanted to take more time to like really put a full project and a full package together. So I'm doing all the music videos a year in advance. I'm doing... I'm doing a lot of the like outreach on some of the songs and sending them out to different press and, and different medias a year in advance to get opinions before, way before we even talk about dropping it. I'm just trying to get like an overall opinion of what these, what these like pillars think of my music. Cause it's like they're, you know, co-signing is like, okay, bet we're in the right place. Let's wrap this up. Let's put this together and package it out. You know what I mean? So it's more just buttoning up, um, my next two projects. And getting that set up so I can give you all full lengths. I know this uh, Espresso and Shine was a, it was a appetizer, like a bite-sized little thing to like really get give the people an idea of where I'm at uh, lyrically, um, stylistically, and um, genre-wise. Because I believe now, like with the music I'm making, it's a, it's a blend of genres. Like I was saying before, mm. me being a hip-hop artist and my producer being a producer with a background in metal. We're able to like really take those and blend it into something that's just different, Joe. But different, <laughs> nice, and, and so familiar you can't deny it. Yeah. So what's the best place for people to listen to your music? You mentioned the videos. Do Absolutely. You, should they go to YouTube first? Should um, they go to your website first? Where's the best place for them to start? Definitely. I, I think the best place for anybody who's just like, what's, who's Django? Uh, the best place would be to go to my website, which is www.django.com. J-A-N-G-O-L-I-V-E-S dot com. That's 
DjangoLives.com. That's my website. It has all of my um, streaming services uh, as far as Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. I'm on all those platforms, and you can find me on any of those platforms under the same name, Django, J-A-N-G-O. Yeah, I don't know how much time we have. We don't have much time left, but there was one question that I've been waiting on from a long while back. Bless. Is your brother still, uh, is he still doing the hip-hop thing? Um, my brother is, but he's not necessarily on the, I guess what I would say is more, he would lead more into the hobbyist side at the moment than he would be more like, um, wanting to compete on that level. Yeah, my brother's not necessarily, like, just a lot of like real life things going on, you know what I mean? And, And so like, those do provide challenges. And so right now he's more focused on his life and still experimenting, but not in a, in a position where he's really trying to make his name for himself. He's, he's more focused inward than he is outward or trying to put out any messages like that. And also, I'm wondering now, you, your, your colleague on stage, is it Kelton? Am I getting the name right? Yes. A.K.A. Death Star. What's going on, baby? Okay. We have a connection with Kelton. We do. Uh, Kelton's an LC grad, and I oh. was the assistant principal at yeah. LC when he went to school. Oh, wow. I, I was the guy with a cup of coffee in the hallway while he was walking by yes. back and forth the class, and Eric was... I don't know. if Did you ever have him in class, Eric? I didn't, but uh, I've, I've run into Kelton multiple times, uh, Very when he, cr- even yeah. back when he was... Um, uh, he was a doorman at uh, Knitting Factory. Oh, yeah. And he would tell me about the crazy shows at the Knitting Factory. Yeah. He didn't have hair back in high school, huh? Y- yeah. Yes, well, I was so baked out, though. Yeah. Dreaded. Very charismatic. So yeah, anyway, but um, your shows are great. I really enjoyed the the, the last show that at the Lucky You. Uh, you have anything coming up real quick? Well, uh, I, I want to speak on that, but let me – I just want to, like, get y'all – to understand like how intentional we are as far as like every move that we make. Death Star, I call him Death Star Kelton. Oh. The reason I chose Death Star was because of his history and who he worked with. Um, when I was looking for DJs to work with in the city, there wasn't too many who was like really familiar, like really into hip hop. I was seeing a lot of EDM DJs or they DJed for themselves, right? Death Star actually before me had Death Star for both Wildcard and Dead Poet. Yes, and these are like the prominent hip hop artists. Um, as far as like people who are like really making numbers, like they had numbers back in the day. So Death Star was like the best DJ in the area as far as like someone with a hip hop background and like just even aside from that, that dude can speak on old school hip hop anytime you like ask him. So that really grounded me. It really gave me a great base point to be like, yo. We have a hip hop foundation here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I when I was Kel, he's an amazing friend. He's an amazing DJ. He's an amazing artist himself. He has a lot of his own creates his own music. But I, I love the guy and I'm so grateful um to have him a part of the team. And he's yeah, awesome. he really makes that stuff happen. <laughs> so to go back to your question, yeah. uh remind me? What was it? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you were asking about Kelton. Yeah. Just said he had a lot of charisma. We knew him at school when I saw your uh, performance at the Lucky You. And then also, oh, yeah, do you have anything coming up really quick That's it. Um, in the near future uh, as far as a virtual show or anything like that? I actually do have a virtual show. I mean, yeah, a live virtual show that will be coming up very soon. I don't want to spill the beans, but it will be coming <laughs> early into the next year like very early into the next year like even like january sometime um it'll be a special and it'll be like very directed and, and 
focused on the project itself. So I'm extremely uh, excited to do that because with that, when we're doing specials, we get to really plot the stage and just do special things that you don't really get to do when it's not your own headlining show. So that, as well as I have a couple more music videos that have been already laced up, which is buttoning up the uh, finishing touches. And I'm extremely excited to put those out because people have been asking me if I'm going to drop a visual for Espresso and Moonshine, and the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> the answer is definitely yes. Well, I, I've loved hearing you talk about, and what I love, hearing you talk about the work that you're doing. Absolutely. And you love the work. Absolutely. It's not necessarily about the product. It's about doing the work, and you love what you're doing. So I've just, I'm, I just love hearing you talk about it. So thank you for coming and talking One to us. One thing my mother always said to me was like, it's not how many hours you work, it's where you're working those 40 hours. Because that changes your mood, your mentality, and even the mindset that you're working. I don't think I'm working. I think I'm doing what I love to do every day. So it's not work. It's just I'm progressing. You know you're a lucky mean? man. You're yeah, a lucky absolutely. man. Yeah. Absolutely. Django, thanks so much. Thank and you. Uh, hopefully we can fit in one of those uh, audio files and, um, and people can catch you with the new show coming up as well as those sites uh, to, you know, learn more about your music i learned a lot more about you and i'm better for it so thank you again and for anybody who wants to connect um past my music i would love if uh you reach out to me on my instagram um my tag is just Django lives that's j-a-n-g-o-l-i-v-e-s absolute pleasure talking to you thank you thank you